0: You're listening to the onebus.net podcast network. So, Wes Anderson's got a new film out, which for me, personally, is like a stop everything. I mean, like, there have been two films this year. I'm like, these are the ones that I will do anything to sit and watch in the theater. One was Spider-Verse, which we've already seen. Yes. And the other one was this new Wes Anderson, which I'm sorry. I'm one of those guys. It's it like, like fucking Christmas. I'm like, Wes Anderson having a new film, like, I don't care. <laughs> Just
1: hook it to my veins.
0: Just hook it to my veins. I am
1: ready for it, asteroid crushed City. It to a powder, let me snort it.
0: And here's the thing: like those of you out there who are not already Wes Anderson film you film fucking fans, jerks. agreed. Fucking but losers. You know what? This,
2: like,
1: those this of you who even... have
2: your own
0: taste, which we value.
1: <laughs> Your
3: no, we do not. Are all valid lies and slander. If, if Even if you know though me from wrong. Other, If you know me from other episodes or shows, fuck <laughs> those nerds that don't like Wes Anderson.
1: <laughs> fuck you,
0: people. This is again not. You going are not to be one of you. us. No, like, this like, is
3: one of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out one Definitely of us is very, very,
2: very uh, uh, specific. You have to do one exactly one us, what we want.
0: One wanted. of us. is very pro Wes Anderson. I'm we going to say. I run this network and I'll tell you, I will brook no dissension.
1: We are, pro- we are
2: pro Wes Anderson in this house. One of us net. We break legs.
0: I
1: am, I'm so Wes Anderson that I even loved RGLing limited. Come at me, motherfuckers. It,
0: it, maybe his weakest film and still a terrific film. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Now, Wes Anderson has gone through some changes recently. No question in this terms house? of a, being a filmmaker. I think his last movie, The Fresh French Dispatch, was very, like, I don't give a fuck about any of you guys who didn't previously like my films. I'm trying yeah. to make something a little more complex, a little bit more me, a little bit more referential to the stuff that I really am interested in. I don't really care anymore. Yeah, which I'm afraid
1: to take a heroic dose of Wes Anderson. Yeah, which didn't hurt the actors that he got for the film at no, all. they get it.
0: Uh, and Asteroid City, which, you know, is being advertised as a science fiction Wes Anderson film. <laughs> Maybe some people were hoping he was going to go and be more accessible. This is probably <laughs> his least accessible film to non-Wes oh, Anderson films. <laughs> I, I did not
1: see the angle they're, they're doing coming, even though Wes Anderson does do that a lot, where he builds a structure around <laughs> some any medium other than film. <laughs> you know, um, and once again, I, I did not expect that to, to happen with this one.
0: Well, that is Mike. Yes, yeah, so I'm Mike McAllister. Also joining me is Marco. <laughs>
3: And writes to like you fucking nerds. <laughs> and I'm
0: Chris Cox, one of those fucking nerds.
2: <laughs> yeah, but one of those fucking nerds who likes Wes Anderson. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to those fucking nerds who don't. God I, fucking again, damn it. I fucking. love Wes Anderson. I yeah.
0: love his weird little dollhouse universes that he creates. There's just You're
3: nobody here. who's doing what he's he doing. He is literally touching himself I mean, as he sets. And so the weird great is, strong characters, and they're always really fun and interesting. And <laughs> they
0: really are He came out of the nineties, much like Tarantino did yeah. and a number of other directors and yet unlike him nobody tries to copy Wes Anderson. No. If they have
1: yeah. uh, they, they
3: fall flat on their yeah, face. Maybe they have and I haven't yeah. seen
1: those films but like how do you... What if my shorts is- kind of did? Um, I know we'll meet again kind of touched on some Wes Andersonisms. Uh, I'm sorry, who did? Uh, me. When, when we did that the, the animated short I know we'll meet again. Yeah,
0: we don't count. Oh, that's true. Because okay. nobody's watching us. One of us got <laughs> that. We I mean, are they not
1: will
3: be watching
0: you eventually, but I mean, like, wide release <laughs> yeah. theater releases. You know, I'm sure there are lots of people making short films who are like, we're touching on this. But you know what I mean? No, like, there was a slew of Tarantino imitators sure uh, nobody i can't even yeah. think of somebody that someone would say oh there, wes anderson imitated. well i think with
3: wes anderson it's like oh he's trying he's trying a lot to get this like style and the way that he wants these stories to be told and everyone else is like i don't
1: have that time i dad. mean
3: his precious dollhouse yeah is his thing for years
0: of like creating this like incredibly complex and super detailed and very symmetrical dollhouse things that don't look like anybody else's films. Maybe really
2: ever. Yeah. This Uh, might be his first film that's set almost entirely outdoors and he, and yet it is so artificial looking. Well, yeah, Yeah, that's the point
0: because this film, which is, I think the second in his series of, uh, his third act in As a filmmaker, his first act being Literally Battle Rocket, maybe to a lesser extent Rushmore, mm-hmm. and then Russell, uh, R- Royal Tenenbaum setting the stage And still being the defining movie Of his second act, Yeah, yeah the Dollhouse films And then *French* uh, French Dispatch, I keep wanting to say French Quarter, being like this Okay, I don't care anymore what you think. I want to make films that are about my <laughs> references
3: and what I like. I, I would
1: and, argue that uh, um, Grand Budapest kind of kicked that off more than anything. It's like that's where you start seeing him do like playing with aspect ratios. And,
3: yeah, it is like this whole dollhouse effect thing because I I feel like a mm-hmm.
1: uh, and much more and much more um, defined uh, color palettes. Like, well, I'm yeah. talking about narrative though, and I okay. think that that's the defining difference
0: here. Sure, his narratives have changed yeah. a lot in structure. I think that's really what makes the difference here. I mean, like, certainly he's evolved over the years as a director with trying different things visually and what have you, but the French, uh, God God damn it, French, the French Quarter. Dispatch.
3: Jesus Christ! I know. You're just time, thinking
0: about
2: that time you got
3: really drunk in Mardi Gras and, and
0: then ended up beignets. like going over to the French
2: Quarter. Perfect you hooker, hooked up with some whore, <laughs> you know, and, uh, in a dollhouse. And, you know, she was very wearing a very color coordinated palette. Turned out to
0: be a vampire. Yeah, and uh, it was actually Bill Murray. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was and super then he just, hot.
2: You know, he like you threw the money on the dresser and then he <laughs> covered your eyes and he said, "No one will ever." He's believe such a great you. actor. Amazing also whiskey yeah (laughs) and you you said
0: yes i did as the only right answer (laughs) but he really has changed his whole structure of storytelling with these and like a kind of more of a i don't give a fuck if you don't like me anymore yeah like i am not trying to appeal to a conventional audience story structure i'm trying to do something very different that are more vignette
2: oriented he's very vignette and yes i agree with you in that he's his films have always had a narrative I would argue even this More movie straightforward, does. yeah. But yeah, there, there's not a straightforward narrative. I think that's where, like you said, Royal Tenenbaums has a really solid story that a different filmmaker could tell that exact same movie. It would look very different. Right. Yeah. Here, it not only looks like Wes Anderson, but you're getting a Wes Anderson style narrative, which means lots of cameos, lots of characters, lots of asides, lots of vignettes, And maybe, you know, a very complicated sort of, not flashback structure, but, you know, a doll box, you know, a nesting doll structure. It's a structure
0: within a structure. Also, I've decided upon watching this film that the way to define his comedy is absurdly stoic comedy. Sure. Well,
3: it's like uh, when people were complaining about, like, Shalaman, just everyone's, like, very, like, deadpan. Yeah. And, like, yeah. yeah, okay, Wes Anderson, I don't want to compare him to Shalaman. <sighs> uh, and as well, you shouldn't. But yeah. but I can see the parallels. I mean, I love way- that
2: scene when, you know, all of a sudden Tom <laughs> Hanks started screaming at a tree, and then he pulls out his gun, and he's shooting at the air. Oh, wait a minute. Well, a which, pretty,
0: this has, of course, an absurdly, absurdly huge cast, including Tom Hanks, which is <laughs> Even though he's been first and foremost in the trailers, he is just another character in this film. Yeah. He is not the primary character. In fact, if anything, he's one of the more minor supporting characters. Four or in this five film. scenes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because this movie that takes place in 1955, uh, that is a story within a story. Because yeah. the first within we see. Within
3: another story? Yeah, maybe?
0: well, because we see Brian Cranston as like, I don't Rod know. Rod Sterling. Uh, as a Rod, yeah, Rod Sterling type character yeah, yeah. who is like studying this thing that maybe they're acting. <laughs> actors playing the roles of real it's people it's a
2: recreation of a famous play within the anderson universe <laughs> yeah. you know he's like this is how this play was written this is how the cast yeah. was assembled <laughs> and the, how they rehearsed you
1: are kind of seeing the play from like the author's vision because i'm I, I, i've never written plays but i imagine that if you're writing you kind of see it almost like a movie like the world is so much more immersive <laughs> and i think that's what um this movie's trying to be is <laughs> You're seeing what uh, the writer is seeing in his head. If this were a movie, not a stage play,
0: yeah, it's it's just that it's playing within (laughs) these two worlds of both, well, three worlds, as you said, with like both this outside character commenting on it, who sometimes interacts with any number of the levels of the three worlds Mm -hmm. here. Some at one point, really absurdly, he's uh, basically
3: God. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: uh, but like you're confused because characters can enter and leave from these worlds, seemingly at will, back and forth.
3: Yeah. You know? Because you – well, maybe this is not – I don't know if this is a spoiler or something like that, but let's just say that the story that we're watching, like the normal story, is the story from the other – Story. <laughs> like, well, it's like it, that's it's just it looks good.
1: The, the story is nineteen kind of fifty-five.
0: There's a small town in the middle of uh, what is it, Arizona? It yeah. looks like
1: Arizona or New Mexico, so kind of. like but a, it yeah. looks. It's clearly
2: based on Utah. It, it's it's yeah. it's Monument Valley. Yeah, it's Monument Valley uh, from Valley. all the West, even
0: though like all the like monuments in the question, like the the cliff sides are <laughs> very intentionally made to look like
1: matte paintings Matte painting. It's yeah, like yeah.
0: very intentionally made to they're, look. They're fake. they're
1: hand built structures. Uh, yeah, I just watched a feature right yeah. on the make. Of it, yeah, they look yeah. like styrofoam, is yeah. what they are,
0: yeah, and very intentionally so. They're not supposed to be realistic, yeah. and it's it, it, tiny... it sells,
1: I'm sorry, it, it it sells the whole play aesthetic because yeah. it, it, it's built like as if you were to see it on stage. It's this
0: tiny little town that is having their annual stargazer convention, junior stargazer convention. <laughs> that, uh, because this town is a place where a meteorite like you know in bc times hit and created a huge crater doesn't bc thus the name asteroid city yeah like they're like oh here's where we meet uh to do this thing with the the genius children around the world who come in for this and there are some people who are there not because of this just by accident as well um but nonetheless it's this happening and leading up to a, a a sort of uh, astrological convergence that they all are there to watch happen right. and uh, award these children with like you know their they time. have
3: these new like gadgets that they built and yeah. uh, all these new Some like, of which inventions. are like crazy fifty <laughs> science venture D- like. like just a, a, a you know a laser beam. And well, <laughs> one kid's got a death, a death ray it's it's a death ray. <laughs> I love that they're there not to see a
2: solar eclipse but to see a, a planetary ellipse. Yeah, uh, and again, that's the kind of <laughs> weird right. even science. Is made up in Wes Anderson, it's like the crazy eye in life aquatic. It's like, okay, that's not a real condition, but in it's the like Anderson even, verse it
1: is. Even though the kids basically find a way to like do billboards on the moon, basically. Yeah.
0: Let me tell you right now, if you're a Wes Anderson fan and you know you're going to see this film anyway, no matter what anybody says about it, mm-hmm. stop listening right now. We have to talk about plot elements that are really funny that happen, uh early on in the film. But you know what? They're more of a pleasure to be
2: discovered if mm-hmm. you're that.
0: If you're not a Wes Anderson fan, fan then fuck you. don't see this
2: yeah, film. fuck you. This is not for you. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, honestly, by this point, you know, really, if it's a Wes Anderson movie and you have decided that you don't like Wes Anderson – Unlike these guys, I'm not going to tell you to go fuck yourself. (laughs) I will think it, but I won't say it out loud. I'm not telling them to go. I never said that. No, no, no. I will say
3: fuck you. But honestly, if, if,
2: if you are not on the Wes Anderson hype train yet, this is not the movie
0: to yeah, change also, your mind. Like, where have
3: you been? It's like, he's made so many movies now. Also,
0: you know, I mean like really, if you've never seen the Royal Tenenbaums, that's the one to get you started. Yeah. Or Rushmore, you know, uh, if, if you like that, then you go on to some of the later stuff. This is the, the, the heavier the, This is more the challenging era. Yeah. Of this Led is Anderson. where it's like, I guess he's really the into hard, French New Age. Hardcore fans have already really decided that they love everything that he, they, uh, he yeah. does. And we shouldn't to say this is lesser than those other films. He's just making a more challenging film yeah for sure upshot now that are y'all gone are y'all gone okay cool the upshot is they're doing this uh ceremony and an actual alien comes down grabs the meteorite (laughs) kind of awkwardly uh, awkwardly and takes off which makes everyone there stuck there in the town while the military comes in and they're like
3: quarantined yeah yeah, Yeah, quarantining the whole
0: town and they're all sort of having to interact and there's of course a you know a Wes Anderson gangsters row of ca- actor character yeah. actors here working. Uh, J- Jason Schwartzman being one of the big ones here is Aud- Augie Steinbeck, uh, who has got a whole family with him there. Like three little girls, three and little the, girls the genius who kid, all decide that they're an alien or a vampire Poor or a witch, you know, it's something it's strange, like that. Yeah, yeah. Strange children, <laughs> very strange um, children. Yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson, who's Midge Campbell, who is a actor, a well known actress who is there, but her daughter is also. So right. there as part of this whole thing and the two of them have a sort of like are we starting to like each other which is weird because trist schwartzman's wife has just died relatively recently which three weeks ago who, who is played in a big surprise by margot robbie yeah uh, in in a very late third act reveal of like oh she's actually going to be in the film outside of just a photograph Yeah, yeah she yeah. will actually appear in this movie at some point um but you also have tom hanks Uh, Just the
3: father-in-law of Jason Schwartzman
0: Jeffrey Wright, who's a military general Who's the host of the Stargazer Awards Tilda Swinton is a scientist Who's sort of the head of the local observatory there uh, Brian Cranston is the host of this The the, the Rod Serling Who's yeah, hosting yeah. this from all from the outside um, Ed Norton is the Character always in these black and white scenes He's the playwright who apparently originally wrote All this stuff. Uh, Adrian Brody Is the director who apparently was Directing the stage play of this Right, right. That, that we're seeing in fact um, I mean but really you, the whole Review could just be reading the cast list Because the cast list sl- is massive uh, Liam Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tina uh, Tony Ravioli Jeff Goldblum Sophia Lillis who I'm so happy is getting work to the level that she's in a Wes Anderson film because she's terrific yeah Uh, Fisher Stevens uh, Ethan Josh Lee uh, Bob Balaban I mean this is Sal George yeah Jarvis Cocker yeah it's just one of those like wow look at all the people in this film and it is a huge ensemble piece that sometimes is going to be confusing because it is it's sometimes kind of confusing yeah there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of character stories there's a lot of stuff that is because of the nesting doll aspect of it kind of confusing like what are you saying it's really one of
3: the the few i mean i guess what we're talking about is like this this Act three of his uh, career where it doesn't hold your hand. No. Whereas the, all the other ones, it didn't necessarily hold your hand. But like you were saying well, earlier, Marco, it's very just straight straightforward. And here. It's really just like, it, you keep up yeah. and you're like, it, Oh, fuck it's me. just the
2: experience. And it's not, again, it's not narratively driven. It's, it's a fairly tight hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. This is one of the rare Anderson films where I have to concede. I did feel the length a little bit because it doesn't have a narrative drive. You know, it's just like, we're going to spend a little time with this character and a little time with this character, uh-huh. and then we're going to cut to the past and then we're going <laughs> to do this. And all of these little pieces are really, uh, uh, well done, but there's nothing that's really driving you to go from the next point yeah. to the next point until you come to the end that he's like, and here's what the movie's about, maybe. And then you're
3: like, Okay. That's that's the thing is like what I, I, I didn't I, get from this is that uh I didn't have the aha moment or just like the big like g- gut punch of it. And it seems this. like he was really
2: trying and to get And there's across. a scene when he Tries to do that. Like, I, I'm don't gonna see yeah. Yeah, I don't just say the text out loud. This is at the
0: very end goes to a very strange sort of stage theatrical moment. Yeah, uh, in, in their in the first level of the nesting doll, the black and white level. Right, right, right. Uh, where I'm like, I'm not entirely sure I understand what you're aiming at here. Yeah, yeah
1: I agree. I, I feel like the Margot Robbie thing was kind of one is kind of a weak spot in that movie. I mean, like as much I really love this movie. I, I I, don't know, I just remember kind of through it going like this is kind of, I like Mark like Michael said like it, it kind of you feel the length of the movie <clears throat> around that point and it does kind of become a little bit more hard to follow. I mean it's not like impossible to follow like a David Lynch movie but it's like it's it's, but it's more comparable. complicated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In that sense that you that now should we feel with Wes Anderson films like David Lynch films that we go into it going I'm not going to understand this movie. It feels like it's him saying, I'm not, I don't expect you to understand this the first time you watch it. Yeah. Uh, it feels like that. It really does. Th- this and feels I, like I, it's
3: like you are going to have to watch this two or three more times just and to make sure. Honestly,
0: yeah. I feel that way to some degree with every Anderson film, not necessarily that I don't well, understand it, but it's but like, that like the I feel pleasure like I can't gauge it correctly until I've seen it a couple of times.
3: I guess so. Like all, most of his other films, like I think are so, fun and and again straightforward that the only reason why I want to watch them again is because, like I just want to go through the experience again to watch these characters yeah. and this is like I think I have to watch because I don't know if I caught it all yeah. and that and, is different for him and yet
0: it yeah. does consistently make you laugh there's so oh, yeah, many it's hysterical very funny, very funny uh, fel- uh sequences in this film uh there's a lot of really clever stuff there's a lot of of course visually brilliant stuff happening in here yeah. it's the most
1: gorgeous of Wes Anderson's movies I would say <laughs> Like the, the the color palette is just stunning. On it's it.
0: It. it's different than any of his other color, color palettes. I, it's much I don't warmer. know if I would call it his most visually stunning, but it's certainly beautiful. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, I'd say that literally. There's not a, a a Wes Anderson film that wouldn't qualify as saying that about. it. Oh, that's it, true. So.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, know. every little piece feels like it's a polished little unit unto itself. Yeah, but they don't necessarily. <laughs> Propel you from one sequence no. to the next. This is a movie whose pleasures are purely, I think, visual, auditory. We enjoy the you know, the filmmaking that's on display, which is very self-conscious, very overt. It's not trying to suck you into this world and go, yes, you know, you you're immersed in this, you're immersed in the world, but you are always aware that it is an artificial construct. Yeah, yeah. And and other of his films, there was a kind of emotional through line. And a sense of you could relate to some of these characters that kind of helped you get through some of that very deliberate weirdness and hyper stylization. It feels yeah. like there's, this is a movie where it didn't feel, that didn't connect with well, the emotional they, they,
0: aspects. There are so many things going on all at once and yeah. none of them really feel like they
3: come to fruition. You don't get to be like, you don't get to live in, cause I, I would say the most, the emotional core seemingly is supposed to be Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. And it feels like, that when they're splitting it up with his character and the, the play and then just regular asteroid city, it, it kind of muddles his character and yeah, you don't yeah. get the, but we
2: also see hit the actor. We see Jason Schwartzman playing the actor going, why is my character doing this? Yeah. Right. You and know.
0: I, I don't know if that I kept played a hundred percent. I kept thinking of Sartre watching this. Sure. I kept thinking of Sartre specifically, no exit. Uh, yeah, or, or, but Sartre at the like, end you come away with
2: a clear understanding or, of what it was about.
0: Or, but you know what I mean? Like or yeah. of, uh it is an absurdist who are play the characters in search of a yeah,
2: uh I know exactly yeah, what yeah, you yeah. mean. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um I I felt like he was trying to do something like that here and I don't think it 100% succeeded, but again, as a Wes Anderson film, I feel like this is going to require multiple viewings to get mm-hmm. everything he wants you to get out of it. There's also yeah. a lot of weird um artwork Moments that you're like, oh, like there's a scene with Scarlett Johansson. That's the Moray, the death of uh, the death of Marat. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everything oh, yeah. about
2: everything in this is
3: a reference. Yeah, yeah everybody. Yeah.
2: You have to know that Brian Cranston is kind of Rod Sterling, but also kind of Serling. the announcer. Sterling,
3: is it Sterling? I said Sterling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no,
2: I, I right. fucked it up. It's all. kind oh, of Rod fucking Serling, nerds it's, didn't correct me, <laughs> but it's also kind of the guys who would be the host of like Playhouse Fifty yeah. and the live yeah, uh, yeah. theater plays. You know, you have all to recognize this- that Adrian Brody is dressed like Marlon Brando, right. but is acting like Elia Kazan yeah. in the production, directing the production of you know, uh, Streetcar Named Desire. There's
1: even you, some nice like Looney under- Tunes of all things to understand, <laughs>
2: yeah. and, and Looney Tunes is here. Really, to understand, I think any Wes Anderson film, you have to understand what it was he was reading and his yeah. references, and I think that could be a barrier to a lot of folks who maybe are not as hard about. Who don't get you know uh as hardcore about like early 20th century literature I, the I felt way like he the, does
0: the french dispatch was more honest about that It it's yeah. more like he just does exactly what out it is saying like this is what you're in for i'm doing this because this is the stuff i like right now that i want to talk about yeah this one it feels like a uh, more buried but it's still just as much of that of just going like yeah this is all the stuff i'm thinking about right here even if it's like outside of context
3: and that's what's interesting uh, is that it's also pg-13 it's one of the the, I guess the first, like, live-action movie he's done. No, Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom was thirteen King, But, like, in years. And so you're just like, huh, that's interesting. Because it's supposed to be appealing to, like, a general, more of a general well, audience. I, I and think it's, like, it's
2: also playing on the 1950s. Everything's very clear, clean-cut. Right. You know, they're, they're, yeah. it's not a Scorsese film where fuck is every other word coming out <laughs> of their mouth. Everyone's very square. Leave it to Beaver. Right. And really, another visual point, and, and I don't think it's intentional, but I couldn't help but think about it, This looks like Fallout... Before the bomb falls, yeah, like this and feels like nuclear a, like there there is a vault underneath Asteroid City. Yeah, you, there's yeah. a level called Asteroid City, and you're gonna see the exact same place. <laughs> only now it's decrepit, and Steve Carell is a zombie. Yeah, because he's a ghoul
0: You're regularly seeing atom bomb testings in the background. Yeah, and, 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 and everyone's like, "Eh,
2: it's no big deal." Yeah. It's
0: 1950s, yeah. that thing happens. Just an atom bomb. It's no big deal. Yeah, you yeah. know, we're, yeah, it's just,
3: close just, enough you can see take it. a pic. It's no big
0: deal. Everyone on the cast of this film dies of cancer in 10 years. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) terribly. It's like the Misfits.
3: (laughs)
2: It, It really is. And I'm sure that is also a reference because Scarlett Johansson, her look is clearly based on a combination of like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And also, uh, uh a little bit of Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. they There's doing the same thing where it's like,
1: oh, but she's really very funny. She's yeah. actually a really great comedian. You <laughs> also, know? um, Jason Schwartzman kind of looking like, uh, he looks, looks like, like Stanley ben- Kubrick. I was thinking that or Dr. Benton Quest. He,
2: no, he looks like Stanley Kubrick <laughs>
3: a little bit, yeah.
2: Because he and he's even got. it. you have seen the photos of Kubrick oh, in the fifties with the right. beard? And yeah. He's got the little camera. I
3: was getting a lot of a Coppola actually too, and, and they make bit of a that lot
0: that. of him constantly. Every time he changes, he's the one character who keeps going back and forth between worlds, and he always is making a point of ripping, ripping off the beard his off. Beard, yeah, but it's different. Some one point it's just a mustache, another time it's a beard. Yeah. Like they're playing with him, yeah. being in all these different worlds, and facial yeah, are being a part I of it. I wish
3: I was like like more connected to that character because I really, really he wanted to be. He feels like
2: the linchpin and then yeah. that character himself doesn't understand yeah. what he's there, doing there, it's harder for us to empathize even when yeah. he has to go to the playwright and the playwright's like, I'm not even sure what this is. Let's workshop it with this version of what is essentially the 40s group theater and <laughs> let's bring in Willem Dafoe to play Lee Strasberg yeah. and do right. an acting exercise <laughs> but the most absurd <laughs> acting exercise yeah. possible. And
0: have the audience who is the entire cast of the film do a sort of like hey here's our comment on our, the film which is that we're displeased yeah. like a weird sort of like hey we're, we we don't like where you're going with this what's the problem here yeah like it felt like that like them going we're confronting you and that's where i feel like the weakest point of this film is because i don't understand what happened there I, yeah. i'm very confused about that last Ten minutes of this film What he was getting at It's very And it's not subtle It's very overt It's very loud It's very in your face About him Like literally repeating The same line Over and over again I mean He makes the
2: subtext text Yeah Literally Yeah yeah And I'm like But why But And here's the thing though Chris We can sit here and go Oh well I just didn't get it I need to see it Eight more times Yeah But maybe he just Didn't succeed Yeah Sometimes And that's okay Maybe it just didn't Maybe on paper, it felt like it was going to work. And now the finished product, you know, he's so close to it. He's like, well, of course, that's what I meant. But for an (laughs) incoming audience, we might just go, you know, good job, Wes, but you didn't stick the landing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to want to watch it like five more times. Like,
2: oh, got it. But like
0: every film, I'm like, oh, when it comes out on Blu-ray or streaming, the first thing I'm going to do is rewatch it. I need a little time to process and like the distance and then rewatch it as well as like reading a bunch of articles about it, reading right. a bunch of interpretations about it, because yeah. his films are by definition really interesting movies. Sure. Even if they don't 100% work, they're really interesting and he's trying things nobody else well, nobody else supported by the major industry gets a chance to do. And you're a fascinating director writer and anything you do, including this is well worth paying attention to, but let's go to final
2: thoughts. Uh, Marco, why don't you get us started? You know, earlier we were, (laughs) I was saying that, you know, this is, he is the new Woody Allen, you know, a art house director who is prolific (laughs) is somehow strangely enough, a, a big enough name that he has a mainstream following. And because he's so beloved, and so, uh, you know, Nishi, you know, there's, there's actors all over the world who will show up to be in this guy's movie for what's literally, ba- you know, extended cameos. Yeah. Some, some, there's a lot of big names. Don't think these people are in it for a lot, but they yeah. show up and they're in the background and they're doing things that really no actor in that position would do for any other director. Yeah. Yeah. Only Woody Allen that I can think of really pulled that off on a consistent level. Yeah. And like Woody Allen, he's stuck. In the early to mid twentieth century, it's almost like Woody Allen died, but his body kept going, and it just trans, <laughs> it just transferred into uh, I mean, Wes they don't, Anderson. Feel like Woody Allen? They don't. No, I'm saying is like I, I get but what his, you're saying. His, his, like, his, his references, yeah. it's it's like he grew up in a different century. Yeah. Though, and he's making these really strange movies based on the media that he's been consuming, which seems to have ended somewhere around 1967. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really that, and, and you have to understand, like you said, the Pirandello play, you know, streetcar, the atom testing, the, you know, the 1950s Eisenhower era, the existentialism, you know, the New York. There was Ha-ha, even a, little thing that's like, would be like Ike. You yeah. almost have to be a student of 20th century media and literature, highbrow literature too, to really grasp it. So I think that is going to work against it. I'm not sure it actually succeeds in what he's trying to say. But boy, I had a good time with this. I just don't think it's his best work, but it's Woody, it, it's Woody Allen. It's I meant to say it's Wes Anderson, and I'm always happy to see anything he's got to do yeah. uh, and put in front of us because every time he tries something new, it, this is one that I don't think stuck the landing, but I'm glad he gave it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a uh, shout-out for getting a, a little song in there from the late, great uh, Austinite, uh, that song Rose Marie by uh, the Yodeling Cowboy, uh, oh. whose song I'm now forgetting. I have it on my Spotify playlist, and now I'm blanking <laughs> on the name. I'm embarrassed to myself. As soon as I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's I love that." It was that also guy. in
3: Mars Attacks. That's what kills the aliens. No, no, you're thinking of a
2: different singer. I'm thinking of a guy who was actually in the '90s, and I noticed it because I was like, "Oh, okay. oh that is not a that's not a song contemporary to the '50s." <laughs> okay. uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this seven and a half out of ten dancing. Uh, seven and a half out of ten dancing roadrunners. <laughs> <laughs> I kept, I kept wanting to say roosters, and I know that was wrong. No, definitely roadrunner. Uh, Editor Mike.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I really dug. It. I mean, look, a, a, even a low uh, West Anderson movie is still better than a lot of movies are out there. <laughs> This um, this movie's really funny really imaginative um i I, I love seeing wes Harrison employ tricks that he learned from previous movies onto the next movie
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like here he you really see him step up the the uh the uh combination of like live action and stop motion mm-hmm. <laughs> in a in a spectacular fashion and i I just love the aesthetic of it all <laughs> it's the the colors are so vibrant and it's so artificial, and that's what really makes it so charming. <laughs> And yeah, and you're right. The, the third act it does kind of uh, fall apart a little bit not 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 drastically, but it's yeah. it's it uh, <laughs> it could have been a lot more clear with its intentions. But other than that, I mean, look, it, it's 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 about ninety something minutes, <laughs> and you get a lot of good laughs, a lot of interesting ideas uh, thrown at you, and spectacular cast as always. <laughs> um, I, I know, if if you're a a fan, it's gonna be hard not to to you know, like this. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna give it eight out of ten kinds of close encounters. <laughs>
3: Uh, what about you, sir, Duke, uh, uh, Dr. Right. Well, um, you know, if you are a fan of Wes Anderson, I think you're going to like this a lot. If you're not, fuck you. <laughs> as um, you've said. As, you um, as I've said. Very clear. Time and right. time, time I mean. again. No, um, I, I agree with all of you guys. I, I, it's, it's hard not to be seduced by Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, for any time they're about to come out, you're like, Whoop. And, uh, cause there's, there's only a few directors out there that I get really excited for and Wes Anderson still without like without fail. I think that I enjoy his movies the most and cause I, I, I've gotten burned now by Paul Thomas Anderson a few yeah, times and I, uh, and, um, I was really looking forward to, uh, Andrew Dominic, uh, but, uh, I know you don't hate, don't like him. Yeah. Um, but there. Every single time I get to see one of them, it just, it, it's funny. Even though it's hotter than hell in Texas right now, I always think of the fall or winter with Wes Anderson. And, uh, it just puts me in a very warm and cool spot at the same time. But anyway, I think it's like, this is more of like, this feels like his most, uh, in an odd way, ambitious film because it every character is a big actor, and it's really fun to see something like, "Oh my god, it would be so funny if he actually tried to tackle it's a Mad 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 World or something like that," <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, just like, but in his style, and then getting everyone in Hollywood to be in his movie, well,
0: I would watch that.
3: You totally would watch oh, yeah. it.
0: That should happen.
3: Yeah, I just thought of that, Someone's, and that's a fucking great idea. someone Sell
0: Wes Anderson on doing a <laughs> if It's a
3: Mad 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 World. Uh, he that would. be Great, actually. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, watch the shit out of it. <laughs> anyway, so uh no, I just want to watch that. That's <laughs> a good idea. It would
2: be the slowest moving madcap three-hour
3: <laughs> three hours, time. yeah, yeah. Uh anyway, um, but there are definitely or some the problems. All rum. That would work too. Mm. Oh my <laughs> um It's all done with little models <laughs> of toilet. <tar laughs> right, cars. Right, right. Uh, I I I love the, the 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 combination of live action stop motion, uh which is always not necessarily surprising, but just kind of like, I, I love that you're just doing this now. You're just, you're using all different types of media to, to make your movies. And it's, it's so much fun. And, um, but the, the emotional through line is not as strong as the other films. Like even seeing, like with Grand Budapest with, uh, uh, Ray Fines and, uh, I forget the actor's name, who's actually in this too with those two characters together you just feel like oh they're like brothers and like that's so great to see that and here you're just like you're not 100% and uh it yeah. it kind of sucks because i i look forward to seeing Wes Anderson's movies because i also like them to touch me in the heart uh, or hit me in the heart that uh i I'm not necessarily prepared for. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. get that with Royal Tenenbaums, you get that with Grand Budapest, you get most that with Darling so. Gin, yeah. uh, most of them. And, uh, and it just, I, to your point, Marco, I don't know if I, if I watch it a second or third time, I don't know if it's going to still stick the landing. Cause like, Maybe it yeah. just really didn't in the end
2: and it doesn't have those relationships. You're right. Because yeah, yeah it's a such point. a large cast. Yeah, you don't really get time. It, it's, to bond it's with it them spreads all the characters
3: a little too thin. Anyway, I'm talking too long. So, uh, <laughs> I, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I, I love seeing all these people in it. I thought it was really funny and it looked gorgeous, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I'm going to give it, um, seven out of 10, uh, cocktail mixing machines that I wish oh, I fucking had. Co-
0: cocktail mixing,
2: uh,
3: uh, fucking like soda machines. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. dispensers. All, yeah. But
2: you could also buy all kinds of shit. That's why that the you Fallout buy land. stuff. I, yeah. I want. I want to play a version of Fallout where I can buy a martini from a vending machine with <laughs> bottle. It was a great
3: joke with like uh, uh St- Steve Harrell's constantly talking about the plots of land. As like, yeah, it's right over there. And then all of a sudden, like this little kid has like a handful of change. Like, hmm, only a dollar. A you
1: buy a martini. and a house all in one swoop.
0: Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I think that, like, to your point, you go see Wes Anderson films because both you both know exactly what you're going to get, and you have no idea what you're right. going to get. yeah. Like, you have certain expectations that you are, are going to be fulfilled of a Wes Anderson film, but also, more and more as his career has gone on in the last... I'd say ten years. Yeah. It becomes more and more unexpected what what exactly you're going to end up with. Like his last really emotional film was Moonrise Kingdom, where it was like sure. really focused on the emotions of uh, of these characters that <laughs> yep. it would it felt very much not like a Dollhouse film for him, no. which was odd. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel, totally a Dollhouse film, yeah, but yeah, yeah. nonetheless managed to make the emotional parts work. Right. Um, this and uh, the the French Dispatch both different type of movie entirely for him from anything else in his career and like like marco said focusing on vignettes really much more about him saying fuck it i don't care if you if you don't like my movies i'm done with you i'm just gonna make a movie for me and maybe five years from now after two or three more of these i'll be like dude seriously go back to what you were doing before (laughs) but maybe he'll have really really gotten this to a point where you're like these are unassailable masterpieces yeah and as well much like the french dispatch which the first time i saw it i didn't know exactly how i felt about it yeah. until i saw it again and i was like okay i love 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 this movie yeah. but this one feels like i really need to watch this a second time i feel incompetent trying to describe how i actually feel about this movie outside of the most immediate response to wes anderson type of things yeah. uh, there's too much going on there's so much going on that I was having a hard time processing it all, and that is that a bad thing per se It's a different type of movie making than he's done before, so I don't want to judge it on that level negatively, but in terms of giving my review to this first response to it, I laughed throughout the film i Deeply appreciated all the visual stuff he was doing, which was did a weird amount of panning. This was his most panning film ever. Yeah. Pans yeah. yeah. within
3: pans. Yeah,
0: it just pans constantly. This film
3: pans the man.
0: It's, it's, it's Peter it's Pan. A, it's a lot of panning, um, and I'm not going to pan this movie. I'm going <laughs> to okay. 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 I'm going to stop. I was waiting. Now, right. no, stop. stop. take your finger off that. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Going to say, I still really enjoyed the shit out of this experience. Yeah, it did. I felt the running time, but that was also partially because you were like, where is this going? How yeah, exactly. is this? How do these stories come together? Well, the they kind
3: of tell you where it goes. The,
0: the <laughs> most meaningful of which feels like it's going to be um, uh, Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson. And yet even that just sort of like doesn't really surprisingly doesn't really have a conclusion to itself. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we're just not going to do anything with that. Um, it's, it's There are so many odd decisions here that I can't help but think the intentionality of it as they are with most Wes, Wes Anderson films. This isn't lazy. It's very intentional. And within the context of that doll's house structure of the outside, we're watching all these people making this film together. There's something here I just am not smart enough to have gotten yet. And yeah. and like I'm not giving him more credit because of that. I'm just saying... I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt to try it again and experience it, you know, after that, after having read people's interpretations of it and stuff. And maybe then I will get the value out of this I've gotten out of so many of his other films. But as it is, I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 uh, delightfully googly-eyed aliens.
3: (laughs) You know what I think his problem is? He needs to stop writing stories with Roman Coppola.
0: Oh yeah, who uh, wrote Moonrise Kingdom though? With him on, uh, he he's well.
3: wrote the story with him. Yeah, the story yeah. with him. And, well, uh,
2: this is also a story by, and he wrote the screenplay. But he's right. always worked with another writer. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much always been it's his. It's always info.
3: been his thing. But like I, the Roman Coppola stuff is like a it's definitely nice hit to, and a know, miss. Rumbach,
2: it could be Roman Coppola. And,
3: yeah. yeah, you know. And by the way, I, I
2: like to see him work with Owen Wilson. Uh, I would
3: like that yeah. too. Yeah.
0: I think they're. I think we all want to see those guys work together. Hundred percent. And it
2: was Don Walzer. That was the name I was stumbling. Don Walzer. The Texas yodely, the cowboy, from Austin. People
0: complaining about this being not. Why don't you get back to your Texas roots? Fuck you. Don Walzer has a song in there. (laughs) Texas represent.